ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live at the ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 Occasional Invitational Golf Tournament at Wildcat Golf Club. Now, from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Joel Blank and Jeremy Bradham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. He's Blank, I'm Branham. Andrew's going to go heat up food, so we got to be on our best behavior while he's away, he told us. Uh, I hear that. I listen to our commercials and rejoins a yeah. lot whenever I'm on remote for whatever reason. I, I don't. I can't explain it. Okay. When I'm in the studio, I, I don't hear it as well. I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning is. But when I'm on remote, I listen to commercials and rejoins a lot better. So I heard that Spencer Tillman rejoin where it's, you know, if uh, what would Spencer do? And all I could help but think was not score touchdowns. That's all I could think. What would Spencer do? Not score touchdowns in the NFL. That's what Spencer would do. So, like in the same breath when he says the Spencer knows when your wife is sleeping and when she's awake? He might know that, but he doesn't know how to score touchdowns So then you're saying that basically the Spencer knows where the goal line is and how not to cross it? I don't know if he knows where it's at. Certainly can't smell it. Certainly can't cross it. Okay. 713-780-ESPN. Zach Wilson, if you missed the news, he was named the Offensive Player of the Week in the AFC. That makes you fill fill in the blank. 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener. I'll get to that in two minutes. A couple of texts here. Uh, one guy says there's no opt-outs. It's a straight 10-year deal. Um, the only opt-out is if they fire a certain member of the organization. That member has not been named. I think it was Ken Rosenthal who reported it. Ken Rosenthal said if a specific member in the Dodgers organization gets fired or let go, then Shohei Otani can opt out of the deal at the end of that year. But other than that, there's no opt-out, you're right. Somebody else said this is such a homer question about the offensive trios. Is there a such thing as a homer question, or is there only a such thing as homer answers? I, I think that's fair. I don't you think can you ask can ask any a homer question. question. You could try and lead someone, but at the same time, I don't know how. I mean, look, if we just said that when the article came out that they rated the Dodgers as the best trio, then I don't think that's a homer question because the leader in the clubhouse, according to the, the article, is a team other than the Astros with players other than the Astros players. So it's up to how you choose to answer the question. Yeah, I don't think there's such thing as a homer question. Just my stance on it. It sounds like it's your stance, too. Yep. 713-780-ESPN. Uh, Zach Wilson, winner of the Offensive Player of the Week in the AFC. That makes you feel what, Blanker? Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. I was trying to think the analogy of, like, you soiled your, your under underwear and had to absolute, not shower and live in it for, like, a several days. Because that's the disgust that you should feel. Zach Wilson has been absolutely horrible. I mean, whether you believe that he didn't want to play again or not doesn't matter. You actually wanted him to play leading up to that week because you thought that he was going to give you a lot of opportunities to capitalize on his mistakes, miscues, and bad throws to where you would have an easier chance to win the football game. And instead, you made him look like an all-pro, and he ends up winning player of the week. It's absolutely disgusting. Yeah, it makes me feel from like a football... Disgusting's a good word for it. To me, it makes me feel... Not very confident about the Texans' defense. It's and fair. maybe I should have been there before. You know, we saw that with Bryce Young. The Texans' defense also has, like, it's had its moments. But relative to the rest of the NFL, they're 20th. DVOA is, like, outside of the top 20. You know, it just doesn't have the pieces. And it's kind of, you know, I think D'Amico is a good head coach. And I think he's yeah. obviously a good coordinator. But it also shows you how Jimmy's and Joe's matter a lot, right? You know, you always hear the saying, Jimmy's and Joe's matter more than the X's and O's. Last year was some really good Jimmy's and Joe's. 
uh, D'Amico led the top defense in the NFC. This year with only a Jimmy Ward and not very many O's, uh, you have the 20th defense in the AFC, in the entire NFL. So, yeah, I think that the I think that players matter. You know, I think players matter a lot. It, players matter, Jeremy, but to your point about the defense, two weeks ago we had two guys on this roster that were probably fighting for player of the week. One got it in Stingley. The other one easily could have got it in Will Anderson. When you look at the stats that they put up with the two picks and the, multi, and, and the, the knockdown passes and the two sacks and the multiple – tackles for loss and all the things that just those two guys alone did you would think this defense is pretty good it's got some talent it's got some guys that can do some things and now you look at it and say but you couldn't stop Zach Wilson and oh by the way it wasn't sunshine and and no wind and, and and the best conditions you could play football in and yet you couldn't stop Zach Wilson Zach Wilson did a hell of a job stopping himself for the majority of his career and now you helped him to be a 300 yard passer and win player of the week that's not good of any team. It's certainly not good if you're trying to be a playoff team. That's the bigger picture for me, too. Like, it makes me feel like if the Texans get into the postseason that maybe they really don't have a postseason roster. Now, their offense is good. Their offense is really good. They weren't this week against the Jets, but it's still a top-ten offense in the NFL, and I think offense matters more than defense in these days. But they still don't have that defense to, you know, really back up that offense. Uh, 713-780-3776. Zach Wilson winning the AFC Offensive Player of the Week makes you feel blank uh 2851 it makes me feel worse than i did watching it i think that's fair that's good because whenever you're like watching it in the moment you're not realizing that his play for that specific week i'm not talking greatness in the career of zach wilson but when you're watching the game you're just kind of caught up in the what's it going to take to win can you get off the field can you get the ball back into the hands of stroud that you don't really realize that the performance he's putting together in that specific week is greater than any other offensive player uh, in the AFC in Week 14. Yeah, it, that's why it's disgusting. Because oh, it's definitely disgusting. It, it's just you look at it and go, even if he had some success and he found it for a few plays or a quarter and a half or a couple quarters, fine. He shouldn't be better than any other player in your conference in any given week, especially because he's playing your team. That just should not happen. That might happen if you're the Carolina Panthers. That might happen if you're a lesser-than team. But you're not, and your aspirations are to make the playoffs and prove to everybody you're ahead of schedule so much that you're going to be a team to be reckoned with for the future, but you're going to be reckoned with now because of the talent you've already put on the field. That's not talent on the field doing their jobs if Zach Wilson does what he did to your defense. 0794 says if it, uh, it, it, it's Joe Flacco is robbed for player of the week, and he's still him. Uh, that's how it makes him feel. Flacco was really Pretty good. good. Uh, 7470 makes me feel how DeVito got NFC player of the week as a Packer fan. Uh, that's from Chris and Umble. It is weird how you had two of the worst. Like the Jets and the Giants had the two worst DVOA offenses yeah. in the entire NFL going into week 14, and the quarterbacks of the two worst offenses in DVOA in the entire NFL put together a performance where they were the offensive player of the week in their respective conferences. Uh, 4776 on Zach, any given day, that's true. 6927, this loss sucks, but Wilson does have talent. Makes me realize that the NFL is super unpredictable. That's 100% true. Like, Wilson is a talented quarterback. And guys who get drafted as high as Zach Wilson don't lack talent. And it also is like a bigger conversation of this is how difficult it is to evaluate the quarterback. Quarterback position. How many how many guys have you seen drafted in the top five as quarterbacks 
that have unbelievable talent. They have the you know best arm in the world. They have accuracy. They have speed. They're an athlete. And then they get to the NFL, and they're awful. You can't they're dial terrible. it in. Yeah, that you can't hone it, hone your skill enough to dial it in and do what you need to be a successful quarterback in the NFL, which is entirely different than having success in college. And and you, there's just too many to name when you start checking off the list of all these guys that were drafted high with all these grandiose expectations that they were going to be the franchise. And they crap the bed, and they're out of the league quicker, th- or, or their lifetime backups. They might still make a, a you know a pretty penny in salary wise. David Carr was one of them, for God's sake. David Carr came into the league with this cannon of an arm, this big monster arm, and all this skill set and all the abilities that he had. And yeah, he, he got the crap beat out of him his first year. But David Carr was an underachiever. He made a boatload of money. He won a Super Bowl ring as a backup, but he was never close to what they expected him to be when they drafted him. You see, I think I think people look at the wrong things when they evaluate quarterbacks. Like, everybody falls in love with their arm strength. To me, I don't care of a guy, like, if you're looking at 1 to 10, this guy over here has an arm strength of a 10, this guy has an arm strength of a 7, that to me is not going to influence how good they are in their NFL career at all. I do think you have to cross a certain level. Like, you can't be a 3. Like, if you if you can't be, a, you know, an NFL quarterback, NFL starter with an arm strength of a 3. It's got to be, like, a minimum of 5. Yeah, that's like, to me, Danny Werfel. Won a Heisman in college yeah. and did all those things. Came in the, and couldn't throw an out route without throwing it, you know, so softly that the D-back got a pick 6. And you have to have a strong enough arm, but once you hit that threshold, it doesn't matter how much great greater you are than that threshold. Accuracy matters a ton, but bigger than anything else, it's like, well, how's the guy going to be as a worker throughout the week? Is he going to be able to learn how to read defenses in the NFL? Can he read defenses and then react to what he is reading? Can he throw guys open? I think that playing quarterback in the NFL is unlike playing quarterback. Like it's, it's the biggest difference for a position in the NFL in college. Going from being a college quarterback to an NFL quarterback is night and day. You know, the receiver position, you can do it. Running back, you can do it. Yeah, the speed's going to be greater. Yeah. It's going to be more difficult. But the biggest gap from college to NFL for a single position is quarterback. Well, and it's also exacerbated by the fact that it's the most important position in team sports. And so it's one thing to say the competition changes, the speed of the game changes, the things that, you know, the way you got to process information changes. That's why as much as I've always believed that having touch on the football is a big deal when you're a quarterback – Having watched C.J. Stroud and how good he is with, and how much touch he has and how we talk about how many guys never as good as they get in their careers in terms of other skill sets can't ever work on and develop the touch, and you see he's already got it, that could be as, as important a skill set as just about anything else when you're talking about a quarterback in the NFL. 713-780-3776. Let's go back out to the HRMP listener line. Robbie from Dayton, you're in the high. What's up, Robbie? How are you doing today? Awesome. Um, what I want to say is, when, like you're talking about, in college, you've got all kinds of recruiting going on. They've got all kinds of talent around you. And then when you come into the NFL, you got drafted high because you're on a crappy team and they ain't got nobody to support you. Yeah. So I want to know how y'all feel about that. I'll hang up and listen to what y'all got to say. Appreciate it, Rob. I think uh, situation matters a ton. I think where you're drafted matters a great deal. Uh, you didn't think the Texan situation was going to be fantastic. Like, go look at all these draft experts when Stroud got drafted. Oh, he got drafted to a horrible position. Turned out it was pretty good. Pretty good OC. The wide receiver room was way better 
you know, the production's way better than we thought it was going to be. Tanks have been amazing. Nico was amazing uh, before injuries, things like that. But then you look at a Bryce Young situation. Everybody's like, oh, it's going to be okay. It was awful. In fact, the coach has already been fired. Uh, Anthony Richardson's on the good side of things. Where would Anthony Richardson strive and have really good success with a Shane Steichen offense? Now, would he have success in, like, a an air raid style, like a Cliff Kingsbury style, where he's throwing the ball 35 times a game and just in the pocket trying to pick you apart? No. So, like, scheme matters a lot with the skill set that you have, and you do have to have skill around you to make you look better, for sure. You know, I could use Carr as an example again, because no matter what skills that he had, he might, and this also goes to the Stroud, whether he should play this week or not, too, but even if he had all those skills and he was set up beautifully to succeed in this league, if your offensive line is terrible and you get the hell beat out of you, sometimes it's there's long-term ramifications and you may never be the same. Or if you look at Lamar Jackson, from a systematic perspective, if Lamar Jackson is drafted to another team that makes him play a pass-happy West Coast offense and forces him to play their way instead of them developing a system like the Ravens did to play his way with his best skill sets, he might be a different quarterback instead of winning MVPs and, and getting the money in the, and becoming a leading quarterback in this league. We know our good friend Travis Johnson went through it even from a defensive line perspective where uh, you know he played a certain way his entire career, and if the Bengals would have drafted him a pick earlier, he would continue to play that system. Texans drafted him, forced him to play a completely different system, and w- with injuries as well, he never had even close to the career. And to him, that's what he thought was a, a big factor in, in what happened to his career. Yeah. It's, ex- it, it's magnified by the fact that it's a quarterback, but system absolutely matters and situation matters. If your line sucks, it doesn't matter how good you are because you're not going to be able to do a whole lot before you've got to run for your life or hit the ground. 713-780-ESPN-HRMP, listener line 713-780-3776. Goodbye, Bill Belichick. What are the overreactions from Week 14 that we believe and we don't believe? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 because every day is Children's Day. Oh, hello there, children. You are back with the Killer Bees live at the ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 Occasional Invitational Golf Tournament at Wildcat Golf Club. You know, I've always wondered, which one of these guys is the better golfer? It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Both, we're both better at golf than Spencer was running the football in the NFL. I think that's a fact. Uh, Blankers has been much better than me. Blankers at his best. I don't know if I've ever been at my best. Blankers has way better rounds than I've ever had. What's your low round in your life? I've never broken par. Yeah, but you've been in the 70s. Yeah. See, oh. my best is an 81. I've done three times. So Blankers, when he, Blankers has posted much better scores than I have. Much better scores I'll tell you, he's a great golfer, and he's here today, is Will Doctor. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what he does, right? I mean, he I mean he talks about golf and does hosts Charlie Epps with the, the that show and stuff too, but Will Doctor is unbelievable. I've heard Will Doctor's great at handicapping golf. And every Yeah, he's good at that too. And he'll post his uh he'll post his golf podcast giving you like, you know, winners, he'll give you top 10s, top 20s, like these one and dones, he'll give you DFS plays, I think. Yeah. And I'll bookmark it every week to listen to it. And I all, it never fails. I remember to do it Thursday at 10 a.m. every single week. And they tee off Thursday at 6 a.m. every single week. So I always miss it by four hours every single week. I've told myself this for months. No, You've got to listen to Will Doctor's podcast because he's handing out winners, he baby. He is. You're and absolutely I, right. And I get to it four hours late every single week. I just need to set it a reminder on my phone. That's the only way I'm going to get to it, I think. It, it frustrates me. Frustrates me. Yeah, I hate people that go, whether, I don't know, the, the amount of time and lessons and everything he had and everything like that, but it 
you see him hit a golf ball, it just looks like everything comes so easy and he can hit every shot like that easy. I'm like, man, that's that's pretty amazing. Some people, it just comes naturally. So this uh, Bill Belichick story, NBA, uh, NBA, NBC Sports Boston, they're reporting that Robert Kraft has already made his decision. We've, we've gotten these stories all year long. Uh, they're going to fire him mid-year. They're going to fire him if they lose in Germany. Uh, this NBC Sports Boston guy actually said they're gonna, he's made the decision ever since Germany. So we've, we've gotten a lot of Belichick stuff. Are you believing this overreaction that Bill Belichick will not be the head coach of the New England Patriots next season? I believe it hasn't been decided yet. I believe that every owner has a, has a knee-jerk reaction to a bad loss, whether it was in Germany or at home or on the road. Or, you know, look, Jim Irsay probably has bad deci- makes a lot of bad decisions, whether they're football-related or not, on a daily basis, or at least contemplates decisions. I, I think that this is something that you know that the end is very, very close in terms of the relationship between Belichick and Kraft and the Patriots. But I think they're going to do whatever they can to make it look amicable and make sure that you know, no one kind of gets thrown under the bus at the end of it because the run has been so successful, and he's always going to be a legendary Patriot. He's one of the greatest coaches of all time. But I believe that the relationship is over after this year because whether you have to trade to get him or not, they're going to do exactly like Belichick and Brady did when Brady just you know walked away. Although you might have to give up something to get him, I think that it's in the best interest of both the franchise at this point and of Bill Belichick. And just the same way Brady wanted to go out and prove I can do it without Belichick, I think Belichick wanted to prove he could do it without Brady. Maybe he didn't have all the resources to do it. And maybe he wants one last ride into the sunset, also wants to catch the record as the winningest coach of all time, but in the process would probably like one more playoff run or two. I don't think this is an overreaction. I think they have made the decision. I, I am believing You think story. it's done already? Yeah, I think it's done already. I, I think that it's pretty – I think it's I think it's sort of obvious that they're ready to move in the other direction. I think that I think Kraft wanted to do it last year. I think he was scared of losing Gerard Mayo and like Mayo going on these like coaching searches and stuff and interviews, and they elevated him to like this assistant head coach position. I think that he wanted him to be the heir apparent. Now, I think there's a decent chance that it might end up being Mike Vrabel because Mike Vrabel could end up doing it. Uh, and I think Vrabel wants to move on from Tennessee. I don't think he's in a great place with ownership. I don't think he loves this GM here. So I don't think this is an overreaction at all. I think Belichick is gone. I think he's done. I think they're working on it now to try to do it cordially, move on cordially, and I also think he coaches in the NFL next year. Oh, I do too. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I think he's going to end up coaching again, and, and he's going to break the record. He's going to have a chance to win again. But I think that when you're an owner, and I know that, this, that we're different on this, and, and feelings shouldn't matter. But I think that when you have a guy that has won and done so much for you as an owner with your franchise, it's a totally different ballgame. It's a different situation. Well, I think we've already seen that. I think we've seen Kraft be soft to Belichick already. Yeah, but, I think, but I think I, if he didn't, I think if he cared about his feelings, he would have already fired him. But if he already cared about his feelings that much, I think that he, as much as he might have said this after the game in Germany, or he, he, you could say that right now he's feeling that way. I think at the end of the season, when he looks back at everything that he's done and he starts to kind of just encapsulate the entire run of Belichick, who's to say that an owner can't change his mind again? Because I do think that he he should have a soft spot in his heart for him, but I think that sometimes it, it carries over into business decisions. I think I think he wants a new era of Patriot football. He should. I, I think that they're going to work together and find Belichick's new job. That way it's cordial instead of bitter at the exit. This is like when J.J. left the Texans. As long as you can find a way to do it amicably, I think it's the best for both sides. Mm-hmm. It's just from a public perception perspective, doing it the right way so that no one looks like they're the bad guy. I think they'll trade him to the Chargers for a seventh-round pick swap. They basically just give the contract to the Chargers, maybe an extension. If you're the Chargers, you do that yesterday. 
Yeah, yeah, it'd be an improvement from Staley. They just need to keep him away from the roster. Just go coach ball, let our GM build the roster. Uh, The Bills will be the most dangerous team in the AFC playoff field. Reaction, overreaction? Well, they got to get in first. Right. Um, (laughs) I would say, I would say, fact. I think that, I think, I absolutely think that if the Bills get in, they are going to be. This one of the scariest teams in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I'm not. The Bills just don't scare me. I know they're electric and all this stuff. I just I'm not a Josh Allen believer. I don't think that they're more dangerous than the Chiefs. I don't think they're more dangerous than the Ravens. I don't think they're more dangerous than the Dolphins. I don't think they're more dangerous than the Jags. Uh, this is an overreaction for me. I'm an over. Uh, this is an overreaction. No, for me. I, and I'm the opposite. I know you feel a certain kind of way about Josh Allen, different than than I do. But I just feel like there's too much talent and experience on that roster, and as bad as and inconsistent as they've played all season long, you get that team in the playoffs. Weather doesn't matter. I think their defense plays. I think that you've got a guy that's been there and done that before. You've got some good receivers. I think I think they could win a couple. Games. I think they could be very scary. The NFC playoff field will have multiple teams with losing records. Is that an overreaction or not? Well, you know you're going to probably have one in the South. I think the, the South is probably going to be a losing record. That's one. You've got to have one more for multiple. I don't think you're going to have one in the North. I don't think you're going to have one in the East. Uh, I think it's an overreaction. I think, they're going to have, I think there, there's going to be one, not two. If the season were to end today, there would be. I think there's too much of a log jam for it to happen, though. Right now, Green Bay, L.A., Seattle, Atlanta, New Orleans are all tied for that final spot at 6-7. and seven. I think one of those teams is going to win more yeah, than they lose down the stretch, stuff, yeah. and I think that one team gets to 9-8. and eight. I think it's going to be a- NFC South champion, under 500, last wild card will have nine wins. Agreed. So I'll go overreaction on, uh, on that one. Let's get one more. This will be Mike Tomlin's first losing season. Right now, the Steelers are 7-6. and six. <laughs> It's smoke and mirrors and a whole lot of just other has to things. Win, just has to win two of their last five. And maybe it's a blessing. Two of their have, last four. They don't have Kenny Pickett. Maybe that's a good thing. Uh, is it? Is, is having uh, Mitch Trubisky instead of Kenny Pickett a good thing? I Trubisky's probably I, – I think Trubisky might be better than Kenny Pickett because – Might be better. Yeah. It's not really a well, stance Well, first there. of all, it's like <laughs> picking the ugliest pig in the pen. I mean, yeah. no matter what, it's pretty ugly. Um <laughs> I'm going to say overreaction. I think he'll find a way to at least be 500 again. He's got to he's got to win. Well, two he's, of the he has four. to either be a win or loser because he's, because oh, unless they tie. So yeah. I think I think they'll have another winning season. He's got to win two of the next four at Indy, home for Cincy, at Seattle, at Baltimore. I don't mm. see two wins there. I'm going to I'm like going to say this is not an overreaction. I don't like the schedule, but Tomlin's I think first I think losing season. He'll win one. That's I, only eight. I know. You got to win two. Yeah, I don't like. I didn't know the schedule. I don't like that. But yeah, I'm going to go over. I'll ride with it. I'm gonna I go, think that he's going to find a way. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to. I guess it wouldn't be the overreaction. I think that the Steelers will go eight and nine, and Tomlin will have his first losing season. Should have had it last year. Kind of lucked his way into that with that tie. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Every Wednesday, Joe makes faces. Joe's not here, so instead, we'll make faces today. Blankers and I. Why are we making faces? Why the face Wednesday with the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five? Mike Holling, go Cougs. U of H class in nineteen ninety. Just saw him actually. Uh, he was playing out here at the occasional Invitational. Great people over there at HRMP from Mike to Chris Fisher. Uh, they've been protecting the interest of business for nearly twenty five years. HRMP provides comprehensive human capital management 
services, including HR compliance, benefits administration, and payroll. HRP will work with you to customize a plan for whatever you need. There's nothing cookie cutter about HRP. You're not reading off a menu. You need a little help, a lot of help, anything in between. HRP will create a plan for what you and your business needs. Their customer service, second to none. It won't be a stranger on the other side of the line. You'll be calling someone that's familiar with you, familiar with your company. I can speak to that customer service anytime I have a question. I always do. Always get a quick response. Very, very easy to understand. Let HRP take on the demands of human resources. Eliminate your HR burden so you can get back to growing your business. Call them now, 281-880-6525, and let HRP customize a plan for you, 281-880-6525, or check them out at hrp.net. That's hrp.net. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Planted Unicorn, hey. Give it up for feathers. Ooh, Cadillac and Tom Cruise. Anyone can have a hot take on sports. You going to continue to be a bunch of soft, underperforming, tattooed millionaires? But that's not what these guys are about. Joel and Jeremy are real, actual human beings, guys that have lives, families, and feelings and stuff. So it's WTF Wednesday. WTF, why the face? Where these guys let you in on their non-sports interests, goals, and dare I say it, dreams. But more than likely, they're going with all of the WTF moments of the past week. It's WTF Wednesday. Why the face? With the Killer Bees. All right, why are we making faces today? It's the Bees broadcasting live from Wildcat Golf Club, the the home of the occasional invitational. It's going to be lonely here pretty soon. Starting to clean out a little bit. They've already golfed. They've already eaten. They've already been merry. We're going to be here all by ourselves here in a moment. Very be an echo yeah it's gonna be lonely and i'm not gonna I'm not, this is the first time we've done a show out here in this time slot i didn't realize how lonely it's i said in. the same thing i was Depressive. like wait a minute the golfers are finished we're never used to that yeah uh this guy says dude said bill's not as good as the jags come on man they blow the jags out maybe but can the bills win three games in the playoffs with a turnover machine as their quarterback but you know what i'd say too jeremy is because of how many injuries there have been in the afc this year it it legitimizes the chances for them to do more yeah, it's wide open. Yeah, I mean, no Burrow, right? No Chargers, no Herbert. You know, you've had you got some t- the, the, with the receiver situation in Kansas City. They're not what they have been. Whether it was earned or not, depending on what side of the coin you're on, the, they just beat the Chiefs. Yeah, so they can compete. So why are we making faces today? Why are you making faces today? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. So I didn't watch the uh, the late NBA stuff. I uh, I went to sleep early. I was tired yesterday. I went to sleep early. I, I turned off sports. Probably around as soon as I got home, actually. I don't think I watched any sports yesterday. I think I turned it off right when I got – no, I watched a little bit of the Lakers-Mavs game. And then after that, I was I was done for the night. What did I – I ended up watching uh, Below Deck, I think. No, 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 no. God. Winter House. It was a Winter House night. Yeah, the wife okay. and I enjoyed a nice little night of Winter House. Uh, so I woke up to this news that Draymond Green punched somebody in the face. That's why I'm making a face today is because I woke up to the news that Draymond Green punched somebody in the face. I've seen the argument out there that Draymond Green is a way to embellish or try to draw the call, that he was just like kind of swinging his arms to get the attention of the referee. He uppercutted a seven-footer in the ear. That was intentional, as intentional yeah. as can be. And even if it wasn't, Draymond Green's reputation supersedes everything else to where it's going to be thought of as intentional no matter what. There is no doubt he should be suspended. There is no doubt that his previous crimes should be a reason why, as much as we were talking about this with the chokehold uh, that he he put on uh, Rudy Gobert early in the season. The fact is, nothing so far to date has gotten him to change his ways and the gimmick has become dangerous. 
And there is no doubt that was intentional last night. There is no doubt that he has no ability to pad the brakes and slow down a little bit. And the league's got to slow down, slow him down before it gets a lot worse because it's a horrible look. And he should be suspended, in my opinion, 20 games. That's, That's a starting point. Me. And I think maybe more. And I think the reason is you've got to get him to understand that this crap's not going to be tolerated anymore. And the fact is... He isn't kidding anybody because unless whoever was commenting on that had a really bad camera angle, there's no camera angle that doesn't tell you. He didn't finish that at the top of the swing away to, w- with the intent of punching Nurkic in the face. And it, it is, it is. there's no place in the game for it. It's dirty, and he's done too much already in this league that they haven't done enough to make sure that it stops. Yeah, he's a... Uh... He's gotten to the point where I think that he's not really relevant as a basketball player where he's trying to, like, live the gimmick. Like, it's almost like a method actor. I'm a bad boy in the NBA. I don't – I have a bunch of – what do they call them? Single singles? Like, because he has four a triple points. Singles. A triple singles. There we go. I knew I was missing the, missing the exact phrase. To where he's become such an irrelevant basketball player. I know he got the money. I know he's still on the Warriors. I know he still starts basketball games. But he's irrelevant as a factor. So where he has to be a method actor and live this gimmick that he thinks he has created for himself. He's a Hall of Famer? No. There's a lot of people that do, and I'm one that don't. That the doesn't. Ba- basketball Hall of Fame is pretty easy to get into relative it, to other lenient, sports. Right? It is super lean. But there's a, this is the same way that I'm adamant Robert Ory doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. But when you look at it, he is a glorified role player on an unbelievable team that made a dynasty-like run to where he got a lot of rings. Yeah. But overall, when you look statistically and, and just the way that the Hall of Fame, I think, should be rewarding the best players that ever played the game. I don't ever consider him to be one, but if he did or others did previously, these are the kind of antics that very well could keep him out. Now, the argument yeah, could I'll be disagree with that. Dennis Rodman got in, yeah. but Dennis Rodman won rebounding titles. Dennis Rodman was dominant on one side of the ball defensively. Draymond Green just was blessed to play with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and great teams. Yes, yeah, see, I agree with everything you said, but I don't believe that antics should factor into a guy being a Hall of Famer or not. Like, if, they're, if they're destructive. I disagree. I completely disagree. To me, you should be a Hall of Famer based on your merit, not if you were destructive. But or I'm saying, a if it was borderline, boy. if you were teetering on the line, this is the thing that could keep you out. For me, I wouldn't. Now, for voters, they absolutely do. Oh, the writers. Are I mean, play the that voters out. play this moral card of who should and shouldn't be in, who did and didn't use PEDs. Oh, Barry Bonds used performance enhancing drugs, and you know he's not going to be a Hall of Famer, even though he's the greatest baseball player of all time. But you know, this guy over here, we think he might have used PEDs. But we're going to put him in the Hall of Fame, like. Uh, to me, I just don't. I don't give it credit. Like to me, I've disallowed rotor, the the uh, the writers voting on MV, like Hall of Fame stuff. I just I don't pay attention to it um, because I think it's shady. I think it's corrupt. Uh, to be honest, Patrick Beverly, what do you think of uh, him drinking beers at press conferences? Wide open, can out, drinking some beers on the presser. I mean, whether you hide it or not, it's been going on for years. I, I guess that in today's day, anybody can be scrutinized for anything, but. Guys drink after games all the time. You know, I can see where parents are going to have an issue if their favorite player is drinking a beer. Yeah. And, and I'll under, I understand that. But, you know, I won't name all the guys in the history of press conferences that were drinking a Gatorade cup full of beer or hard liquor at a press conference. It's not that big of a deal, but I get it. If you're outwardly yeah. basically not even trying to hide it, people are going to have an issue with it. But I, I've never seen it. I've never had an issue with it. Except for the fact that with their TV cameras nowadays and 
you know, the cycle is 24 <laughs> seconds. I could see parents upset with it. I don't I don't love the fact of his choice of beer. I didn't uh, see what he was drinking. He was drinking a Miller and a Bud. I don't like that. Like, make a choice there. Like, those are kind of rivals. That's a bad mix. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't like either one. But if you're I'm from tr- Milwaukee. I have partial, uh, but pick partiality one. to one. Pick Miller. one. Like, don't go back and forth. You know what I mean? Like, pick one and stick with it. Secondly, I don't like the breaking down of the fourth wall. Like, put it in a cup. Yep. Like, put it in a Gatorade bottle. Like, the points you say I would agree with, like, that's not the spot that you're supposed to be doing it. I don't think the commissioner of the game is going to love the fact that at a press conference you're doing this, unless they're a sponsor, then he might be okay with that. Or he's looking money to get a sponsor, all. and he's throwing it out there. Yeah. Yeah, money trumps all. We, we, we know that. But that's kind of my stance on it. Patrick Beverly's another guy like Draymond Green, though, where, like, the stardom of him as a player has worn off so much where I think he does other things to try to grab attention. Like, he does the podcast stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think this is kind of an intention, like, intention-grabbing thing. It's where, like, the relevancy of the player, because of basketball purpose, just diminishes so much that they're doing all this side act to try to grow their brand. When the gimmick becomes greater than the game, yeah. That's when everything changes. It, when when the gimmick far outweighs the game that you bring to the floor every single night, now you're doing it to hang on. You're not doing it as part of building a brand or creating a reputation or trying to be tough. And it was one thing when you were doing the things you did to Westbrook, which was dirty. But when you know when you were doing things, but you were making you know one of the all defensive teams, and you were locking down guys on the defensive end and playing a valuable role on really good teams. Now at this point. He's just a whole bunch of antics and the game that can't back it up. Yeah, I, I, I was a Pat Bev guy. I, I, I still like Pat Bev. Just the, some of the antics to me become a little bit too grand uh, whenever you're not relevant as a uh, as a basketball player. Seven one three seven eight zero ESP. Anything that's making faces for you today? Why are you making faces? I got one more. Um, how do we feel about people that at players when you're being critical of them? Like on Twitter, like I'm Twitter, I'm critical of everybody. Yeah. Like you just say, like, oh, this guy missed this block here, and then they they put the player's handle as a response. Like, it, I mean, obviously it happened with uh, the stuff I was saying the other day about the Texans' offensive lineman. It happened the other day whenever I posted the video of Davis Mills throwing that pass to Noah Brown that bounced off his face mask. It dotted him right between the eyes, and then somebody responded with Noah Brown's Twitter handle. I think he got the wrong one, but still the intent was to sure. put his Twitter handle there. How do we feel about that? Where I think it's chicken bleed. You're making like an honest – it's a critique. No, to be fair, it is a critique. You're making an honest critique about a player. You're not taking cheap shots. You're saying he should have caught this ball. He didn't. And then you post the video, player playing badly, and then the some random dude on the Twitterverse puts their handle on the comments. You're a crap starter, <laughs> and you're looking to capitalize on social media to try and have 15 seconds of fame, but you're not putting anything out on the line or anything. You're just trying to create crap for somebody else. And I think that it's chicken bleep. I think it's BS, and I think that... You know what? If the player finds out about it and wants to have an issue with me, I have my opinion. I'm not going to change it. That's what it is. But don't help the situation by trying to be somebody's hero. The guy's not going to send you an autographed ball or something and say, man, you're the best because you showed me this. So stop trying to be a hero that nobody needs. I don't I don't really get it. Like, I, I don't I don't get the intent. What's the purpose there? Like, what, what are you trying to get? I think part of it is, like, because they're a fan of the team. They're going to – Like, they're, they're that next line of defense to say, I'm on your side, bro. Look what I found and told you about. Is that what it is? Is that because they have their, the interest of a fa- like of a player so much or, like, they're a fan so much that, oh, I'm going to tattletale oh, on this sure. guy. Like, what is the guy going to do? He's going to come beat you up? Now, if it's James Harden, maybe. Uh, 713-780-3776. Let's take a call for the first time ever, ever on a Why the Face Wednesday. Uh, George, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up? 
How you doing, gentlemen? Awesome. Thanks for, thanks for taking the call. So I want to talk about uh, Draymond Green getting into the Hall of Fame. So I, I listened to your argument, and, and I'll be and I'll be brief. I listened to your argument, but I just don't see how there's no way Draymond doesn't get into the Hall of Fame. I mean, the guy was the best. I think he won Defensive Player of, uh, uh, Defensive Player of the Year one time. So he was the best defender in the league. He's got like six, six seven, eight all defensive teams. Add to that, he's been an all-star game, what, four or five times? Yeah. Add to that, uh, he's been all-NBA a few times. Add to that, he's an Olympic player. And add the icing on the cake, uh, the guy's a four-time uh, world champion. So yeah. um, that's, that's my two cents, and I'll shut up and listen. Yeah, four-time NBA All-Star. He was once an All-NBA second team, once an All-NBA third team. He was one-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year, four-time first-team defense, four-time second-team defense. There's lesser accolades are in the Hall of Fame. I just think Draymond Green sucks. I'm never going to say he sucks, but it's the same way you can say if you're going to use the ring thing to me. And you're going to use like, yeah, you can play, you can have a year. He two. has individual accolade though. To, to he has more sure. than Robert Ory because yeah. my whole thing with Robert Ory is if you average seven or eight points a game in the history of your career and you didn't do anything but be a part of championship caliber basketball teams, Steve Kerr did that. He did that in multiple places. He didn't. He, he's not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, John Paxson's not in the Hall of Fame, but they were key role players to you know dynasty teams. You have to do more than that to me. And there are. That's why I said yeah. there is an argument with a lot of people that Draymond's going to get in. And I don't think that he's done enough to be one of the greatest of all time. Might be one of the greatest teammates, but I don't think he is one of the greatest individual players that belongs in the Hall of Fame. You say greatest teammates? From, from a, from, yeah, during the yeah. Ask it, Jordan Poole. Well, but ask Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. <laughs> I think his teammates actually wanted him to do that to Jordan Poole. Uh, George, you bring up a compelling case. I, I just I have a bias against Draymond Green that I think that he's overrated because of the, the teams that he was on. Uh, three six six seven. If you don't at the person that you're criticizing in your post, doesn't that make you the chicken? I think you're chasing clout whenever you're at adding a player. Like, if I was to say something critical about C.J. Stroud and I add him in my Twitter post, I think that's one, Bush League, and I think, secondly, that now you are chasing clout by trying to get attention. I, yeah, that's you want to get you want to be Skip Bayless. You want to get into an argument so yeah. that it draws attention so that whether they hate you or love you, you're going to get follows, you're going to get clicks, you're going to get retweets, and you're going to be you know a topic of discussion. 713-780-ESPN. Will Sunday's game against the Titans in Nashville, with the Titans wearing the Oilers jerseys, will you be in your fills a little bit on Sunday? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. What do you need to know if you ever get into a car accident or somebody you know gets into a car accident? The answer is simple. You need to call Hollingsworth Law Firm. One of the best features of Hollingsworth Law, uh, Hollingsworth Law Firm amongst a bunch of great features. You don't, want to, you don't have to pay a single thing until you win your case. It's absolutely fantastic, Jeremy. And because of the fact that you never can predict when you're going to be in a car accident, but when you do get into one, you feel like you're in no man's land, you against the world on an island, and you don't know what to do next. That's why I always tell you, Put Steve Hollingsworth's uh, law firm number in your cell phone, and you are prepared. Because the minute you have an auto accident and you call them, they're going to start working with you to make sure you win your case. It's awesome that they don't get paid unless they win, so therefore they're more motivated. But they're going to be in your corner every step of the way. They're going to battle those insurance companies. They're going to battle the other driver. They're going to get you what you rightfully deserve so that you can be as good as you were before the accident. And that's a lot to ask, but that is the best situation to be in. And since they specialize in, uh, in car wrecks, it's not just a run-of-the-mill attorney. It's a guy... And 
and his law firm that are the best at doing what they do. Yeah, he's a dude. He's a stud. And the best thing, too, is you don't have to deal with these insurance companies. You know, I've had to deal with them whenever my car got stolen out of my driveway. And I I wish I knew Hollingsworth Law Firm then just to deal with these insurance companies. They're pesky. They fight for every dollar. They fight tooth and nail. And they have the time for it, and you don't. Hollingsworth Law Firm has the fight, the time for it, and they're going to win millions. They have won millions against these insurance companies. They're going to win the case for you. Call now, 713-999-8773. Free consultation, 713-999-8773. You can visit them online, too. CarWreckTexas.com. It's CarWreckTexas.com. ESPN 975.com. We keep getting away with it. You can't keep getting away with it. We're back in the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at the ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 Occasional Invitational Golf Tournament, live, live at Wildcat Golf Club. Here is your radio twosome, the Killer Bees. He's Blank. I'm Branham. Blank just got seconds. He asked for uh, okay. He asked for his. At, why don't you just at me on Twitter too while you're at it? You know, on something. Why do you got it? I'm not telling. I'm not telling your stories and secrets. I have nothing to hide. So what? I'm not. I don't have anything to hide either. Why are you so upset? Because you had to tell everybody I got seconds. So what? It's good food. I agree. So what? I was going to say how you wanted your meat after your well done. I did. I that got it, That was the too. point. Well, I don't, I don't get that. That's what I was going to give you grief over. I didn't realize that you getting seconds Man, was going to be giving you grief. You got to get you got a little medium rare in your life. I don't Not have well to. done steak. I don't have to. I don't Come have to on. do it your way. I do it my way. My way's better. <laughs> in your opinion. <laughs> I love how upset you get about it. All right. 713-780-ESPN. Oh, HRP upset. listener. Defensive. Uh, defensive. A little... Borderline angry? On a scale of one to ten, how angry was Blank? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Was he at a was he at a seven? People was don't, he at a if three? You don't like how I like my steak or chicken. Five? I don't care. Well, Brian said five. Andrew, what do you think? How how uh, how annoyed, angry did Blanker say because I brought up the fact that he got a second plate and it was well done steak? I think it's going to be seven and a half for me. Seven, yeah, it was pretty high. I think it was higher than you're, you're thinking here, Blankers. Go microwave your rare chicken. So yeah, then, now it just went up to an eight. <laughs> it went up. A, it went up a, a little. It went up. A, what are we calling it? It's a golf. I need to use a revolution. Okay, a revolution That's of the golf term, ball is where yeah. it went up. All right. Well, Sunday's game being your fills. The Texans are on the road in Nashville. Have you ever been to Nashville, by the way? I'm not. I it's, heard good things it's, lately. It's the one city that I haven't been to in the U.S. that is at the top of my list in the U.S. I've been to pretty much everywhere else. I've not been to Nashville, and I really want to go. I'll tell you this. Uh, it really kind of was uh, it, the desire to get there What was one over for me with the NFL draft that year that it was there uh-huh. because that whole main drag and the way it's set up with the restaurants and the bars and from uh, talking to people through the years that have talked about you know, it was, it's kind of like a hidden gem in a lot of ways because there is good golf there, and there's obviously the country music scene, and there's a lot of things to see that I'm very intrigued to visit it. And obviously we never went there for the NBA, but I, w- I would love to see Nashville. Do you mess around with country music at all? I didn't think oh, that you would. Not much. I like I like the old school stuff. I don't really yeah. like any of the new stuff. But like you know, give me a little George Strait. Give me a little Garth Brooks. McGraw. Yeah, yeah. I would uh, I would love to go to Nashville and just hop around from bar to bar and listen to some good old fashioned live country music with a nice cold I mean, beer. I think that's the cool thing. That's that what I want to do. You could so see bad. someone that's starting trying to make a career of themselves, and then you know years from now go. I actually saw so and so in some bar in Nashville before they became. Big time, 
you could you could do that in a majority of the places in, in Nashville because there's so many artists trying to make it there. You think well, maybe Joe George will get up and send us to Nashville next year and go watch a little Texans, Titans, Stroud, Levis in Nashville. Well, we'll go to the Bluebird Cafe the night before, have a PBR. It'd be a great time. Well, we've got that, Lambo, and just go. because we're oh, in I the right. I they were at Lambo next year. Yeah. And the Astros are going to Wrigley. Yeah, Joe, we need Joe needs to start wrap, uh, bringing in some sponsors. Well, he worked hard today, Jeremy. He's already off. He needs to. He yeah. need, we need to go to Lambo. We need to go to Nashville, and we need to go to Wrigley Field next year. That, those well, have to be and the then three because of the time slot, in we need to start lobbying for going to the draft. That's yeah. I could take or leave that. Okay, but Super Bowl. I could take or leave that. I think I think Media Row sucks. Honestly, I, I think had, it's awful radio. I had a blast. Now we can go. I just don't want to sit around and interview all these dudes for eugenics. Like I think it's awful. I radio. get that, but at the same like, time, we can go and just do our regular show. Like you, yeah. But at the when when you get when, if you can if you have a say so at all, right, and you can just determine who you get. Yeah, pick and choose. We find. Yeah, we got we got a boatload of Hall of Famers when we did it. I, I, I think everybody should do it at least once. But if done the right way, you can do it without having to force feed free marketing. I'm gonna we're gonna send Joe an email at the end of the year. These are the three things we want done in 2024. I'm going to put – we can do our own. I'm going to put Lambo. Never been to Lambo. Really want to. Uh, Wrigley Field I have been to, but Wrigley Me Field's too. awesome, and I want to do it again. And then I want to go to Nashville. I want to go to Nashville. I want to go to the Bluebird. I want to listen to some country music and have a cold beer. I've done Lambo, obviously. I've done Wrigley. Um, I would do Wrigley's him, so fun. I, I would do him again. Yeah, I've never been a Cubs fan. Same. But if you haven't experienced Wrigley Field in a Cubs game, then you're missing it because that venue and that, that whole – situation is phenomenal i went with screech and we sat uh, first row right field we were bleacher bums eating chicago dogs and heckling carlos radon get warmed up and it was a lot of fun it was i loved that all right so sunday's game will you be in your fills texans are going to nashville taking on the titans here's a couple of things of what you would be in your fills about one they're wearing the oilers jerseys as we all know secondly the second greatest wide receiver in Houston Texans history is now the best receiver this year for the Tennessee Titans. Will you be in your fills a little bit as you're watching that game Sunday and you see those Oiler jerseys and you see DeAndre Hopkins wearing that Oiler jersey? I personally won't be, though I understand it if there are fans that are. I will be more caught in my feels that that's a team that's not as good as your team that you should beat. But because your quarterback's out and your, your best receiver and maybe your two best receivers are out, that you are going to be limited to the point where the playing field is going to be even and you, or, or more level and they have a legit chance to beat you or they beat you, that's going to suck. But I totally get it if you're upset about the uniforms. I don't know if you could be upset about D-Hop playing at this point in his career for the Tennessee Titans because you could have tried to sign him too and he wasn't on your squad. Yeah. So it's not that big of a deal. But I think, as I told you when we were discussing this earlier in the week, I firmly believe a, there's going to be a large contingent of Oiler, fan, Oiler fans that are going to be in their fields about those uniforms alone. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of fans in the fields, for sure. I don't think the players are ultimately going no. to care. I think D'Amico will say the right things. Uh, I think DeAndre Hopkins lining up opposite of the Houston Texans is kind of – that's weird to me, you know? And, yeah, the Texans that. had the chance to sign them and all that stuff, but just – DeAndre, like, imagine him catching a touchdown for a different team in an Oiler uniform. That's going to be weird. Like, will I be, like, crying about it? Obviously not. Maybe a little. Uh, but it would just be weird. It'll be annoying. It'll be, this guy was the second greatest Houston Texan of all time. He left in really weird things that, you know, O'Brien had a hand, Easterby had a hand, people that are no longer in the organization had a hand with him leaving and got an awful trade return for DeAndre Hopkins. And then now he's wearing an Oiler uniform 
He's playing you in a big game where you need to win. You know, it's not a must win, but it's a need to win. It's a have to have it. And then all of a sudden, he's wearing an Oiler uniform. Maybe Dre did it, didn't weird. he? Didn't Dre score one against the Texans? Was it a Titan or a Colt? I think it was a Colt. He did it twice as a Colt? Okay. Twice in one game. Yeah, twice I, I, I remembered him doing it. Colt? Uh, Those I, must have been his only two touchdowns as a Colt. But at the same time, if you win the football game, I don't think it matters. Yeah, it might be weird when it happens at the moment. But, I mean, uh, again, the people that did what they did by trading him, they're not here anymore. And it sucked at the time because he, at the time he was arguably the greatest receiver in the game at that time. Yeah. But where he is now is kind of like when Andre finished his career with the Titans and the, Col- the Colts where you go. I don't I think he's better than that. He's one of the most targeted receivers in the NFL. He has proven to be better than I thought he was going to be this year. But he's also on a team that doesn't have a whole lot of talent. That traded away A.J. Brown and, and, and you know, and, sure. and drafted a guy that hasn't Traylon Burks out. has been an absolute yeah, bust. Complete. But I think that Hopkins now is better than Andre Johnson whenever he faced the Texans. He's still one of the most targeted Probably. receivers in the NFL. But that's also Andre why I wouldn't be as upset about it because of the fact that he didn't play as long of a career with the Texans as Andre did. Yeah, and so you know he played other spots and he had his success and you know you you went your way and he went his. That's why I, it, so much time and water under the bridge. I'm like, eh, it's not going to bother me at all. But old, the uniform thing, I totally get. I will be I'll be a little perturbed with both of them. Old school Chris says I'm going to the Texans game in Tennessee this weekend. I'm a diehard Houston Oilers fan. I am bad word bad word about Tennessee wearing Oilers throwback jerseys. Hashtag Bud Adam sucks. And then a uh, red faced emoji with the censored censored. Uh, over the lips. Uh-huh. So you can see where old school Chris is coming from. Uh, we know the Titans beat Miami the other night on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this a little bit yesterday. Like DeAndre Hopkins. See, I might be in my fills a little bit too because that quarterback there in Tennessee. Uh, we were talking about, I wonder if DeAndre Hopkins kind of liked Will Levis barking back at him a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. That happened a couple of weeks ago. They won against Miami this past week. Here was Hopkins after the Monday Night Football game uh, discussing his rookie quarterback. I saw a dog. I saw a dog out here today. That, that kid is going to be great, man. I'm always in his ear trying to help him, uh, you know, read defenses and, and be better. Uh, I know he's still got a lot in his tank. I know he can improve, even though, you know, he came out here and beat, beat these guys today. But I'm going to still be on the Monday when we go back and uh, let him know that there are certain things that he can improve on. But, man, we'll show a heart. Uh, man, I, I, love, I love competing and playing with him. You know what I heard there, uh, Blankers? Hmm. I heard that uh, DeAndre Hopkins knows ball. DeAndre Hopkins knows oh, ball. God. He knows Here ball. He knows ball. He knows ball. DeAndre it Hopkins sat knows dormant ball. and he knows was ball. like almost a forgotten thing, and now it has just <laughs> reared its head again. He knows ball. He's a dog. Levis love is he back. He knows he's going to be great. Uh, I think Levis has actually struggled a bit. I, he's second-best rookie, but you see a lot of the, uh, the negative things about him. Uh, touch. Reading defenses, you also see some turnover machine that are going to be negative. Yeah, if he keeps doing them, like trying to run over. I would, yeah, I don't even call that a positive. And, yeah, that's a positive because it got you. You know, it might have got you a couple extra yards or got you a first down. It's going to be a negative when you screw up your shoulder by doing something stupid instead of getting on the ground and making a business decision. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN Hopkins nose ball. Well, Sunday's game be in your fills. Uh, if we think that Alpi Shingun develops into a star, maybe some people think he's already there and you believe that you need a two-star team, what is the way, the best way, to get a star next to Alpi? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. 
ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Sweet sassy molassie. Penguin goalie Peter Scudra says, hey, try not to shoot that puck up my pooper. I'll shoot the puck anywhere I want. And if that happens to be in your pooper, so be it. <laughs> 